Welcome, folks, to That Reminds Me Of, this episode, Baron and the Doc, that's me, uh, Baron is my co-host, uh, we'll be talking <laughs> about Nomadland, directed by Chloe Zhao, starring Francis McDormand. Hey, everybody, and this is the show where we watch films and talk about those films and the films we were reminded of while watching those films. Stick with us. Hi, Baron. How are you? Good. I am doing well. How are you, Doc? I'm very well. I feel like jumping in a van and traveling around Australia, if not America, to get there. <laughs> that would be lovely right now. I'm going to start with a synopsis. I'm going to go straight into it. What do oh, you think? Oh, please do, Doc. That'd be great. Well, I'm going to say that this film is about a woman in her 60s-ish, uh, Fern, played by Frances McDormand. Um, she loses pretty much everything in the wake of the GFC. She'd already lost her husband, and then the company that she worked for collapsed. That company had set up a whole community called Empire. She lived in Empire, but when they collapsed, the whole postcode ceased to exist. Mm. So she was out on her ear and having to make her own way. She struggles to find a job, but then connects with all these grey nomads who travel America in vans and just pick up odd jobs here and there with no fixed address. She meets characters along her journey. She's thrown lifelines by her sister and this guy that's keen on her, um, where she can where she can say goodbye to the nomad life. But ultimately, she chooses to stay in the van and lives happily ever after with her new life on the road. So we assume Fern loves the open road and she's not going to settle down no matter what. It seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. And the film does end with a with a question mark of it's not even a question mark like will she survive or not? It's not that kind of question mark. It's like a is this even an ending? This film will just continue on after the last frame and Francis will ha- go have a life out out on the road. Not Francis Fern. Fern. Francis well, it- is, is, is this really <laughs> is this really an ending? Was there even a film? Was this was was, <laughs> was there this even, even a film? Was there a beginning, a middle, or an end? I don't know, Doc. Was there? Well, okay, I'm going to pose a question <laughs> to you. Yeah, I'm going to suggest that this film was very, very good, mm. and I'm going to ask you: Was it great? Mm. Great question. Um, it is It is a very good film and there's a lot about it that is very good. Am I going to want to see it again? Is it going to sit there on my list of great films from the last, you know, so many years? I don't think so. I don't think mm. so. And, and you know what? It's a beautiful film. It's a really beautiful film. But, you know, I don't even know if I would tell anyone else to go see it. It's not that kind of film. Mm. Okay, I'm sensing a vibe here. Um, so this did win... Best Picture at the Oscars, the best Globes. Direct. Yes, and Best Director and Best Actress at the Oscars. Correct. Yeah. So this is a very... Kind of a trifecta. Yeah, it's a, a very well appreciated film. And and I've heard people gushing about it for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, but there's the, the question I'm left with is what makes a an Oscar-winning film, like what what puts it ahead of the pack? I don't know. There were some things, but I'm not sure it had all the things. That's the impossible question, Doc. What makes an Oscar-winning film? That's impossible to know the answer to because there's, there's, there is definitely no formula. However, you know, one thing is letting the audience into the life of a group of people that we just haven't experienced before. 
you know, seems to be one, you know, particularly if you're imagining those Oscar voters as a, as a bunch of um, kind of fairly wealthy old <laughs> white people in America um, to, to show them another like universe that actually just lives right next door to them. Is, is one way. That is so perfect. So you're saying that the whole Oscar success is based on the fact that the people judging have no idea of real life. So anything that presents them with an, with a version of real life, they're going to think that's the most creative thing they've ever <laughs> yeah. seen. That's Because uh, it's, it's, they've never seen it before. I'm saying something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. No, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway... Chloe, Chloe Zhao came in and just knocked their socks off this year. Let's put it that way. Had you seen anything else by Chloe Zhao? No. No, hadn't, hadn't heard of her. Have you? No, no, I haven't. But I, I've, I've since realised that she's made a couple of other films and they've both got a bit of the same slow-moving right. vibe, which I think is cool. Yeah. But again, yeah, I, I think it's it struggled from... Not to say it's... I don't want to say it struggled because I enjoyed this from the first frame to the last, really. I, I liked the pace. I liked that it was slow. Uh, and the only thing that maybe bothers me is that as far as, you know, a, a script that is worthy of being, you know, the, the best of the best, I think there's got to be some tension and some overcoming of obstacles and a bit of character development and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. You're saying that, you, you know, well, character development's an interesting one because there is some here, but sorry, there's not a lot. <laughs> you know, she doesn't change an awful lot. There is a change, but it's the whole film is so damn subtle that she doesn't need mm. to change much to for it to feel like a mountain of like has moved in this film. Yeah, I think I was wrong in saying character development because actually that's something that it probably does have. Mm -hmm. I think it it doesn't have the the plot points and the sort of tricksy twists. And, and that sort yeah. of thing that, you know, would... would um, Just like a classic film structure. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have that either. It doesn't have a classic film yeah. structure. Yeah. But that's probably great. Well, let's, let's talk about some of the positives. You've, we, you've mentioned a couple. I think the list of sort of things I had in my mind was that we've got a quiet film that feels purposefully quiet and kind of works on that level. It's very introspective. There's actually almost no music except for what would sort of occur naturally in the world um that i can remember anyway there might have been a bit of a score but it's very minimal and the whole film itself yeah. just takes its time there's no rushing to anything there's no ticking time bomb of any sort there's very little in what you would call a, like an editor's sort of pace it's just meanders and that's the point yeah, yeah i think she did it brilliantly and thanks uh, thanks a lot to the performance of francis mcdormand i i think the mm. there was a particular scene where that really was reinforced and that's where Francis is walking around the campsite and she just walks and walks and walks it's one shot mm. and you just think well what's the purpose of this but the purpose was simply to make you inhabit her character and feel like you're there in in that situation and and I thought that worked really really well I know it was done a fair bit but there was that one scene that really stuck out pretty early on that set the tone for it. Absolutely. Is it the one that's behind me? Uh, uh, this, it, it's something like this. She's, you know, strolling the campgrounds. I think what you said about Frances McDormand carrying basically 
being a central part to this whole film is right. I think she carries this film. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that if you didn't have Frances McDormand in this film, the film wouldn't do well at all. It needs someone mm. of her caliber. It needed, and she she nailed it. She's so fun to watch, isn't she? Because mm. she, she was really just completely natural. It was really as if she wasn't acting, and she was. She was acting. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. So it's not as though she was like some of the other characters that were you know half themselves uh she was acting but it seemed as though she wasn't that's a, that's a great feat there were some beautiful moments in here that made you feel like she'd been living her entire life in a caravan uh, there was there was a, a, one scene where she takes a squat on the side of the road to have a piss and you see her for lack of toilet paper basically sort of shake some drops out off like before she pulls her pants up again and there's just something about that moment you go wow that looks like somebody that's done that a lot (laughs) been caught out a whole bunch of times on the side of the road and is totally at peace with it yeah yeah i I normally shy away from those sorts of scenes to be honest like i'm more into the stylistic stuff rather than the you know yeah trying to get into the human physical human condition but i thought they were really important for this weren't they because they're you know that scene and then the other one when she's on the toilet in the van really quite necessary to see the reality of what she's living i agree i think if you're going to make this style of film and it's going to be very raw and honest and slow moving and and all that stuff then those sorts of things help it grounds the whole thing and also if you're going to do it you might as well go all the way There was an interesting scene that felt slightly out of place in the middle of the film where Francis is in like a a stream, just floating naked. And that was the only time that I thought it's a bit unnecessary. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I didn't have a problem with the scene itself, but it stood out a little bit. It didn't feel like it was in keeping with the rest of the film. Yeah, those scenes when, when actors be actors and show that they're comfortable getting their gear off are really yeah. weird, aren't they? Like It has to be earned. There has to be a good reason. And if it feels like you're just sort of saying, I'm an actor who's okay with getting my kid off, kid, like, kid off then, that, then that doesn't feel right. You know, that sort of ruins the scene straight away for me. Yeah, I'm in two minds. I think in one sense, when I saw that scene, I had a positive reaction to it because I felt that she's really letting us in, mm. you know, and, you know, this is similar with those those other those other scenes uh, that aren't so sexy. Yeah. Um, uh, she's letting us into her her life, and it feels like there's no walls um, between us and her. Yeah, um, totally. In the other respect, I think that it's kind of just there to make people say, "Isn't she a brave actor?" But you know, that's what people say whenever, and what they mean is, you know, oh, she got her gear off. How how brave? Yeah, I'm not sure that's should should be the um the way bravery is measured. <laughs> In Hollywood. Whenever guys take their clothes off in films, it's because they're pretty happy that they're well endowed. You know, they they know that they're going to, you know, come off okay. But if you had a guy just take, you know, agree to take his clothes off, a male actor who just had a really tiny dick, I just don't know if that would ever happen. But that would be brave. If it did happen, I'd be like, all right, there we go. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I I I reckon Dennis Hopper was quite brave at one point. I've got an image of Dennis oh, really? Hopper in my head from some film. <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> I think he was very brave. 
At the beginning of 28 Days Later, there's a scene where you see Cillian Murphy lying out on a bed. Uh, it's like he's just woken up in hospital and he's naked. And he was really, really uncomfortable about doing that scene. <laughs> and the reason is he just has... I wouldn't, it's not small. It's just a normal dick. It's just a normal sized one. And he's just not, he wasn't 100% comfortable with that scene, but he did it. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm, I think we've got off track just we're, a we're, little. I'm not sure how Nomadland <laughs> got us here, but um, I think we can agree that male nudity is rarely a good idea and female <laughs> nudity not, not always you know, the right choice either. However, it didn't really bother me in this film. It just, it was one that felt out of place slightly. In a film that was actually, although it felt a little bit like a documentary at times, you could tell was pretty well thought out. Should we uh, frame the rest of our conversation in terms of what this film reminded us of? Yes, let's a good do that. Idea? Over to you, Baron. What did, what did this film remind you of? Okay, so when we look at the big open vistas of America and this film that explores vast sort of sections of the US. I think it's mostly kind of the middle. This felt this whole film felt like she was circling around yeah. the middle. And you've got like no no name actors or people who aren't actually actors at all playing parts. The thing that kept coming up for me with the feeling of this was Into the Wild. Sean Penn film from 2007. Yep. It's sort of obvious in some respects, except I would I would say something that's quite different to this film is that Into the Wild has a really strong arc. Like you know that you're building up to some wild stuff, you know, like it's going to get out of control at, at some point. This mm. film you have no idea where it's going. <laughs> it almost has like a like a flat arc in that there's just very little rising or dipping tension. One thing I thought about with Into the Wild was that it's um it's a tragedy. Spoiler alert. End of the film, the main character dies. And it has a kind of um, an arc of a tragedy in that it sort of goes into like ecstasy and joy and freedom and all this stuff in the middle of the film and then and comes down towards doom and despair at the end. Whereas yeah. this film you get, if if anything, she loses herself in the middle of the film and finds herself towards the end. Um, and it's quite gradual, you know? And which did you prefer? I would watch Into the Wild again tomorrow and enjoy it, I'm pretty sure. So I think as a film, I much prefer Into the Wild. Actually, it's a beautifully made film. I kind of, I, I, I was about to say, this is very well made. So, you know, maybe it did, you know, is, would win some points there. But no, I think I'd still go for Into the Wild. I love it when this happens. This is a moment because I disagree with you. Oh, good. And in Into the Wild was, was one that I was almost going to mention myself. So mm. thrilled that you did. It, it was another film where, you know, someone's, made the decision to leave the rat race, yeah? Yes. And yeah. And just go, you know, live their true authentic self almost. Right. And he, he went on adventures much like her. I remember feeling flat after watching Into the Wild. I'm a huge Sean Penn director fan. I loved The Indian Runner, loved The Crossing Guard. He was almost my favourite director. And then I watched Into the Wild and I didn't like it at all. I thought it was self-absorbed somehow. I, I was reminded of it when watching this film. Then I went back and watched the trailer and it had all like heroic music behind it and it was seemed very produced. Despite my reservations about, you know, Nomadland not having all that storyline and, you know, infrastructure, I thought it was just so much more authentic than Into the Wild. Into the Wild just felt Hollywood. 
to me. That's interesting. After you've seen this film, anything's going to film feel Hollywood though in <laughs> some respects. But yeah, it's that's that's a fair call. And I I, I haven't rewatched Into the Wild for this. Um, however, I think I think I would I think based on my memories of that film, I would I would go back for a second serve for sure. Yeah, I've got to watch it. I think we both have to watch it again. Yeah, uh, and and see where we we might end up trading places. And what about you, Doc? I'll talk about the fact that Nomadland had the real people rather than actors. So I think that was one of the key things, and you might come to this as well. Mm. I'm guessing you probably will. So I tried to think of films that that also have non-actors in them, and the most recent one that I'd seen, and a confession, I've only seen the first half hour, but was Borat. Oh, really? The new subsequent Borat No, No? No, Borat Borat the original. I haven't seen either either of the Borats, then I started watching Borat, the original, because I wanted to watch the subsequent film. <laughs> and yeah. I got, yeah, about half an hour in and there were all these presumably Kazakhstan locals. <laughs> I kind of thought they were. Yeah. He was using them for comic relief. He was making fun of them, I felt. I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. sure that's the intention. And I didn't like it. And I, I thought, okay, he's using real people, but he's not getting the authenticity out of them, he's kind of just making fun. In contrast, I felt that uh, Nomad Land really used the non-actors beautifully, and I would say that Frances McDormand's performance is in many respects due to the fact that she was surrounded by real people mm. and therefore could just be real herself. That would be fun. So, that would be fun, I would think. As an actor, to suddenly find yourself in a se- in scenes acting with a whole bunch of non-actors, it would be a blast. Yeah, because she can just... You could tell she was kind of being herself, like she was putting a bit of the actor craft in there when she needed to, but otherwise she was sort of just living it. I don't know. I think Borat's is probably a stupid movie to, to say it reminded me of, but it, it's the most recent I've seen where non-actors are used and it just seemed very different. Yeah, it's a great point. The non-actor thing is, is really interesting. I think uh, Braveheart was one that had a lot of local or either very uh, like actors that had never done anything big or there were non-actors in it. I, I had a note here that I sort of found some of those non-actors quite awkward. Uh, but the, yeah. it was, you know, the way sometimes you have someone that's awkward on screen, but it's kind of lovable at the same time. I think all of them were that, you know, if they weren't just yeah. good they, and they were a little awkward, it was very forgivable. It was, there was something kind of endearing about that. And that's why it blurred the lines between documentary, didn't it? Yeah. Because it really felt like a documentary sometimes, which is great. And those documentary elements were great, but there is a, a tension there in, okay, do I, am I judging this as a documentary type thing or is it a creative endeavor totally. someone's invented in their minds? The thing falls into almost like, you know, interviews at, at certain points, particularly mm. the there's that old guy that runs the caravan group, whatever that's called. And, and he has an interview it is. I'm sure it's an interview, and he starts talking about his dead son, and you know, it, mm. it, that felt like a documentary, 100. percent And but it just finds itself in the middle of this film, very Spike Lee esque. That that yeah. that moment. That that's the absolute right moment to to talk about because it was odd in there, wasn't it? It was the moment where you f- you feel the tension of what really is this film. I both loved it. Like I enjoyed yeah. it, but it, but it made me wonder if it's, you know, this really is a another category. And getting back to the, you know, what, what makes an Oscar film. But I think sometimes just taking a risk like this, if you took this risk, but you didn't have Francis McDormand, uh, McDormand, you never get to the Oscars. 
But if you take this risk and you have her and it all pays off the way this one does in terms of it's a risk, but it's very, very, very well executed, then that can make all the difference. I've done one, you've done one. Yeah, what, what's your next one, Baron? That theme that I talked about earlier of something right on your doorstep, a community that's right next door that actually is worlds apart from you. And that's one of the reasons why Nomadland worked. Uh, and also the fact that it was filled with people that felt so human. While we're seeing another world, all of these people feel human and we can empathize with them. And it brings us, just sucks us right in. Non-actors, female lead, trying to find her place in an unforgiving world. And the film itself that I was thinking about was Precious, Lee Daniels' film from 2010. Do you remember that one? I don't think I know it. Tell me more. So at the time, I think it was either, it was nominated for a Every, all the Oscars as well, but I think only the female lead, uh, Gabori Sidibe, won. But um, Precious follows, lots of spoiler alerts here, it follows a young black woman living in, I want. I can't remember the community she's in, it could be Chicago, and she's really large, she's a large woman. Life is hard, you could just, everything about life is hard. And you discover through the film that she's been abused as a child, she has a lot of dreams and flashbacks to that she ends up going in for a lot of therapy and help and through the film the, the climax that you build to is you discover that not only was she abused by her dad growing up the whole time but she's actually got got hiv as well from him and it's just it's oh, just wow. a tragic intense glimpse at people in these communities that are just going through it really tough you know great film and in a lot of respects kind of reminded me of this one because you, you're being drawn into a world that you're unfamiliar with the, the thing that gets me about i haven't seen precious and i just looked it up and it's got Mar mariah carey yeah which i think is the the reason that i'd heard of it before and 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 lenny kravitz lenny kravitz yeah. oh wow <laughs> Yeah. Uh, another uh, other non-actors in in um, would you call them actors? Yeah. No. Well, they've done a bit of acting, I suppose. Yeah. They're performers. <laughs> they're performers. They're performers. So in in Precious, it sounds like there's a a bit of a a mountain to climb. You know, a bit of a a storyline. And obviously, in Nomadland, there doesn't seem to be one. Although there is an inciting incident in Nomadland and that is the GFC. Mm. So yes. I don't know if this is related to your, you know, your precious link, but how important do you think the, the GFC was in Nomadland? You know what? I've actually forgotten what it was <laughs> that, that made this little town close down. It was the GFC. I know there was that, the whole thing was built around resources, a, a mm. single resource, which is always trouble, right? It's like all those sawmill towns and things like that. You know that any of those sorts of towns are kind of doomed. So I guess, you know, if GFC is a good sort of stamp in time that we all know, but I could imagine that town collapsing at any point, honestly. Yeah, and I think what I'm getting at is the fact that that is, yes, it's the trigger for the action, but I didn't feel like it was necessarily much to do with her as a character wanting to get out on the road. Yeah, like, I It agree. seemed like she was going to do that anyway, or she would have liked to do that anyway, and that was just a good excuse. Yeah, I think more importantly was that her husband had died and mm. that she needed to be pushed out of the house that they had lived in together. And that probably could have been any house anywhere and the push could have probably come from anything, you know, and we, we, we would have had the same journey with her. And one thing I do like about this film is that she goes on that journey, big circle, comes right around back to that house that she's been talking about this whole time. And this time you get a real sense of closure. She's looking at that house like, I don't need you anymore, mm. which is nice. 
It's a nice ending. As you think about it, there, there really is a storyline. I'm, I'm changing my mind as I go. <laughs> oh, I know. We're, we're, we're being harsh. Like, there definitely is a storyline. It's just that everything's so subtle that you could miss yeah. it, you know. But there, there's a crisis at the start. You know, it prompts her into her action. Then she she has our challenges in that. And then also opportunities to come come out of it. The The twist is that she turns her back on those opportunities and opts instead for the the road less traveled yeah uh which is quite a quite a nice message and i don't know how i got to that talking point when you mentioned precious but here we are here Here we we are are. (laughs) and just on that you get a real sense from her journey that you know it's all it is all unresolved by the end of the film she's okay with saying goodbye to that attachment but she's also said goodbye to every other opportunity and the reason is that she needs to travel more. There's something she hasn't found out about herself yet or that she hasn't, you know, got from being on the road. Remember when she went back to her sister's place? Yeah. And her sister gave her that little, sat her on the couch basically and gave her a bit of a psych, psychiatrist um, right. session. Essentially said that she's always been like that. She's always, you know, wanted to run or, you know, flee or be get away from everyone i can't remember the words yeah but that that suggested to me that that's that's who she is and perhaps all the shackles of being in that house even with the husband and everything maybe that's not her true calling and and she's finally found where she's meant to be that's interesting yeah that's interesting i had a a sense that it was almost like she would rather be on the road unless that person is spectacularly amazing if she finds that one person she'll settle down and stay with them through thick and thin and awful situations. Otherwise, there's nothing that's going to hold her down. And none of those prospects actually were that great. Her sister and her family, they were a bit sort of, you know, hmm, don't know if I'd want to stay with them either. <laughs> then the other guy, who was a bit of a love interest, yeah. seemed like probably a lovely dude. But again, his whole situation was a little bit weird too. Unless that's your family, I don't know if I'd want to you know, hang out there for too long. Yeah, you don't want to just inherit a family, do you? No, and it makes you know? a question, like, the family tie is so strong, but if that was a little weaker in you, just say you didn't have that strong family tie mm. built in, you might just be like her. You might just go, you know what, I'm going to roam unless I find someone amazing. Well, I, I ended up probably more so seeing this as an idyllic situation rather than a cursed situation. I don't, how yeah. did you feel? Did you feel Me- almost jealous? Yes. Not jealous, not jealous as if you want to give away your life, but, you know, yeah. that feeling of being on the road. Same thing with Into the Wild. I, I, That being on the road thing with no ties and no roots is really attractive. There's something about mm. it. It calls out to you. While I know that I, you know, I probably would, wouldn't do that myself, I admire those people. I, I can't help but feel a little envious of them. Yeah, me too. That probably segues into my next one, which is Captain Fantastic, oh. uh, starring Viggo Mortensen. What a film. Um, uh, directed by Matt Ross. I looked that up. I, I didn't know who directed it, but Neither did I. Uh, I only knew it as a Vigo film, and I love Vigo. Yeah, I think we Vigo. all love Vigo. We do. If Mads and um, Vigo got together in a film, it probably would be the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> it, would, it would be. <laughs> it would be. So uh, Captain Fantastic, for those who haven't seen it, is the story of a, a couple initially who raised their family in the wilderness, Vigo and his wife. They're left-wing activist sort of people. His wife becomes ill and eventually dies, and that forces them to kind of go out of the wilderness where they'd built this, let's say, idyllic off-the-grid type life, yeah. And to have to reintegrate into real the real world, 
And it's the reintegration that made that reminded me remind me of this film because Fern Frances McDormand, you know, goes off on, you know, on her nomad trip. But I think the poignant stuff is when she comes back and how she engages with other people and society structures, and she has this blank look on her face, like she really can't deal yes. with it. So that the tone of of Captain Fantastic was very different, but it still dealt with this bloke who had gone off the grid and then come back and how on earth does he deal with the ludicrousies of, is that a word, ludicrousies? I think it should be if it isn't. It's a good one. <laughs> but you know what? It, it so beautifully makes you look at the things you take for granted, like your yeah. everyday existence and go, oh, it is, it is, it is ludicrous. It's yeah. ridiculous. The things that we do. And, and I think that's what Frances, oh, Fern sees when she goes back yeah. to her, her sister's place and she sees that, you know, when it, whenever she stops in one place for too long, the human ludicrousies come out on full display and she has to move on. I love that you've used ludicrousies. So now now it is a word if it it's wasn't a word. before. It's a word. It's a noun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've just made it a noun. I love it. Wonderful. Do you have another one? Uh, no, I, I limited myself to two to keep our discussion on track. Uh, okay. Did I go over our quota perhaps? I normally do. If you have another one, it's a freebie. <laughs> Chuck it in the ring. Chuck it in the ring. Okay, I'm going to give you one. All right. Uh, this is this is one close to our hearts. Ooh. Uh, so I'll, I'll title this as reminding me of movies that are a little bit like a doco. Yeah, really. lost me. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> movies that take something real, like yes. a real situation, and then somehow... Put a creative bent on it and fictionalize it. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. and the movie I'm talking about is this short film that I've seen recently called Home, <laughs> uh, and that is directed, conceived, written by, shot by, etc. by Alex von Hoffman, otherwise known as the Baron, my co-host on this show. So it's a a short little. How long is it? Five, six minutes. Six, six minutes. You love plugging my films in, in <laughs> slipping them in as it reminds me. I love it. Thanks, Doc. Well, no, I, I actually, it actually did remind me of it because because Nomadland, really, they've taken a, a real situation, nomads, you know, going around, around America and then just put some creative thought into how to display that, you know, in a creative way. Yeah. And in Home, you've basically taken the the Aussie bushfires and the aftermath of that. Aftermath. I normally say aftermath. Why would Ooh. I say aftermath today? Aftermath. Aftermath. I think mm. oh, I, I'm, you can't say after and then math. <laughs> can't do yeah, that. I, so, so your film takes footage from the aftermath of <laughs> the, the bushfires <laughs> um, and puts it to a, a beautiful little poem and it will premiere at St Kilda Film Festival, which will probably have happened by the time this this yes. episode goes to air. It's but as of recording, it's two days away. But by the time we edit this, it might be a few days behind us. It will be. So it would have it would have um, absolutely premiered to a rousing reception, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be fun. After after a year of no you know, physical festivals and we were actually attendees at a couple virtual festivals, did some mm did some um, episodes. Next, we'll be uh, at a real festival with one of my films. That's that's just glorious. I love it. Well, just to be at the festival will be will be good enough, won't yeah. it? Like yeah, totally. That, after having done the virtual ones, uh, but to know that you've got 
one in there and it's on opening night mm. uh, is is a bonus. So that'll be yeah. fun and we'll no doubt report back on how the night went. Nice reminds me of there, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> That's viewers, viewers and listeners at home, that was not... Uh, it was not meant to be a plug. That was a legitimate reminds me of because it did remind me of that film. Uh, any final thoughts? I'd wrap it up saying that it left me with a really nice feeling. I really did love this film despite some of my reservations about storyline. I think it's a brave thing not just to get your gear off for Francis but for the director to invest in this type of filmmaking uh, that's slow and poignant and pensive and I'd say good honour and just keep on keep on going with them. I agree. Brave film. It was a risk. It really pays off. Francis McDormand's a big part of that, but it still really pays off. It's a heavy hitter, I think. You can tell this is a big statement, this film, even though it's a slow, ponderous statement. Uh, and she pulls it off. Um, and I think whatever she wants to do next... Chloe Zhao can do. Yeah, I've heard she's going to do superheroes. I know, she's on to a Marvel film next, so there you go. As long as that one turns out okay, and I'm sure the studios will make sure it does, she can move on to anything between Nomadland and Marvel <laughs> films, which is everything. Yeah, that, that's, that's quite a canvas. Um, but my, my superhero still is Frances McDormand. Yeah, I and- agree. I think she's the winner in all this. Totally. And I can't wait to see whatever she does next because she's on a streak. If I were her, do you know what I'd do? No. I'd get in a van and just take leave some time. on a high, take some time off. And I love just it. take that um, Academy Award, that Golden Globe, that BAFTA or whatever, whatever she's won she- and just rest on my laurels. She can be a, like a Daniel Day-Lewis and become a bootmaker for a while. <laughs> yeah. That's Why not? what I'd do. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. All right, Doc. Good chat. Indeed. A couple of days of festival, and I think we're seeing a film not long after that um, in the cinema again. So we'll be back soon with another one. See you, Baron, and see you, folks. See you, Doc.